boom there it is ladies and gents man oh man tv has been the thing that i watched growing up and today we get to talk to somebody who's been a part of it content creation before content creation was really really a mainstream thing so let's go let's dive in shut up and sit down the business bros podcast was created for you Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. All right, James, oh that deserves God. some fire. Let's drop some heat. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, all you business pros out there before we jump into the show just a quick reminder as always to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today give us a like give us a follow subscribe drop a review help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings we'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it and if you want to be a guest on the show We'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time slot. Don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today is the creator of more than 50 television series, and his shows have aired on all the biggest networks. AMC, BBC, CBS, Fox, and the Food Network have all aired one or more of the programs that our guest has produced. And you know what? America says we've got to face the truth. There's no punchline to this joke, and you might have a quizzical look on your face as I beat the house with all this factorious momentum, but don't sweat it. Our guest will help UVs, that's viewers, tap into your inner chef, don't worry, no kitchen required. And in this dinner takes all winsanity, our guest will make sure you don't get chopped at Rocco's dinner party. In case you didn't catch it, those are just a few of the two-time Emmy Award-winning guests' many shows. And today we have the opportunity to learn how he got to where he is today. Joining us from Keller Knoll out of New York City, welcome to the show, Dave Knoll! <laughs> That was fun. That was fun. Unbelievable. Uh, that, I, was, look, that was look. amazing. That was absolutely incredible. Uh, uh, huge thank you. I, I'm just honored that both of you were on. Like I've seen so many. I've I've watched your show. I've listened to the podcast. And I've seen those animated characters so many times on my Instagram, on my LinkedIn. And now here I am talking to both of you live. It's unbelievable. Thank you. Oh man, and, and I got I got I got a two James's horn here for a second. We do we do some fire intros that are pretty hot, but that one that one took the cake right there. That was, that was pretty impressive. I got to compare that's that why, one. That's why I was excited to have Dave on because I, I I you know I do my research before the show and I see all these shows and I was like oh my gosh and then like I started writing it and all of the names of the shows just like started flowing together and I like got into a real groove and I was like. Yes, yes, let That's me do amazing. this. <laughs> you guys bring the pros onto the show. My first pro tip is y'all have to listen to all of these podcasts. You have to watch every episode of this show or I will chop you myself. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, Dave, let's let's jump into this here. I, I, I'm, you know, you have so much experience on TV, and when we designed the show, when we started kind of working on StreamYard, I went to sitcoms and thought, okay, what are they doing? They've been doing it right for so many years. If I could just take little snippets of information and plug them into a show, then maybe the show would be better than it than I had seen in the past, right? Then we would improve. What you know, you've been in the industry for so long. Can you kind of walk me through where it where you got into it and how much it's changed over the years? Oh yeah. I mean, first of all, by the way, you guys are doing so many things right. This show, this podcast, the the visuals are great, the energy is great, the tease is great, the open is great, uh, the graphics, all of this information. So whoever's on the show, uh, we feel like, oh my gosh, the people can follow me on Instagram right now for for more information, go to LinkedIn. All of that stuff is next level. And when I say next level, I don't just mean one level. I mean many, many, many levels. Um, so congratulations, because you're you. doing so many things really well. And obviously your energy and the pair of you together uh, is unbeatable. It's, it, it's, it's unmatchable. No one is matching it in the business doing what you guys are doing. I appreciate oh, that. It, it took like 37 years of training to get to know this guy, but <laughs> but we've been we've been doing what we can. We've, Unbelievable. We've been doing what we can. All right, so so tell me about that whole TV industry. How how long did you get into it, and what's what's that ride been like? I I, I started in college. I, I from the beginning, I've been a huge fan of if you want to do something, do something. If you want to write, and you can't just sit around and wait for an offer of a book deal, you're not going to get it. If you want to be a podcaster, you can't ask a lot of questions. You have to do it. And that's what I've that's what I believed from the beginning. And when, so when I was in college, the reason I picked <laughs> the college that I chose is on the tour for American University. Um, we were on the tour and I had looked at a bunch of other schools and I I knew I wanted to get into television. And I knew they had a communications uh, degree. And we looked at school after school and I wasn't feeling anything. And all of a sudden on the tour for American University, there was this big old TV studio that they were basically doing nothing with. And so I, I, I asked a ton of questions like, what's, how, how do you, can you do, a, can you start a show? And, and um, they said, we're do, they, at that point they were doing three shows uh, a week, some news magazine thing, a Sunday night news show and a game show. And immediately um, I said to my dad who was on the tour with me, I was like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to American university. <laughs> Plus it's got a cool name. I'm a big fan of titles. And I was like, I, you know, if you can't get into Princeton or Harvard or Yale, go to American university. Everybody loves that. Everybody, um, everybody knows what it is. Exactly. It's it's in America. That's where it, if where it's, it's in America, Washington, DC nation's <laughs> capital. And so I showed up at the school and immediately um, started working on the shows and it took me, you know, at the studio and I worked on the news and I worked on that game show and um, the most amazing thing happened. Uh, the first show I ever really created, you know, where I created the whole show and it had multiple episodes was a show. It was a late, late night talk show called Midnight with Dave Knoll. It was on midnight every night because they didn't have anything on ATV, American University Television. They didn't have any shows on at midnight. So Tuesday nights, we would shoot mid at the studio, Midnight with Dave Knoll, and then it would be repeats the other nights. And I ended up doing 50 or 60 episodes junior year and senior year. But the most amazing part of the story is my brother, who's four years younger than me, 
then also saw what I was doing, went to American. He's always been uh, mm. extremely funny, like just the and and he started be, being a comedian, and so he took the show over. My show was much; it was some comedy, but much more interviews with uh, people in politics because we were in D.C. People in D.C. media, or you know, the star of the basketball team, the coach of the basketball team, that kind of thing. Um, Chris's show was all comedy. And when he had guests on, it was just straight comedy. Hmm. And at that point, what we did, so, so I did 60 episodes. He did like a hundred because he was, he took it over sophomore year. So we did it sophomore year, junior year, senior year. And literally at that point I had been working at MTV and VH1 and we took episodes of his show, cut sections of it together Pitched it to MTV and VH1. We got or MTV and Comedy Central. We got an offer at MTV and we were like, this is amazing. How did we do this? So we turned down Comedy Central. And this was, so, it, it taught me everything about television because what you learn about television is it's bonkers hard. It's insanely hard. So we got a deal at MTV and then Right before we shot the pilot, before we shot, you know, 20 episodes or whatever, they killed it. Our oh. executive got fired. It was her show and, and they killed the show. And we oh. were. Yes, it was a lot like that, except it was very depressing. It was very, <laughs> it was us. Da, da. It was very, very sad. But we didn't give up. And and if I can say it to anybody, this is the perfect example. If especially if you're doing something in podcasting, writing, film, television, you cannot give up. You can't give up until they make you. Like just <laughs> don't give if you believe that passionately, don't give up until they make you give up. And 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 everyone, if, if you've exhausted everything. And so years later, like two years later, we went back to Comedy Central, new executive had that video, had that show, and we got the pilot. Hmm. Now, unbelievable. This is a show I started at college, and we got the pilot on the air, and then we got 10 episodes. We got a full season. Finally, it did get canceled, which was also heartbreaking. But it's just an amazing story. We ended up with you know, almost 200 episodes of a show I created. I did it at American University, and Chris did it. And then we ended up uh, with 10 episodes on Comedy Central, and my little brother was the host of a Comedy Central late night show. It was called The Chris Wilde Show, starring Chris Wilde. And it was an un it was one of the greatest experiences of my entire life. But so what that's, that's what story. I'm saying. Dude, that's it's a great amazing. story, though. I mean, the, the fact that you're in a space where, first of all, American University Television. I mean, who's watching, right? <laughs> who, who, no, nobody knows what's going on there, right? Yep. But but you're still doing your thing. You're 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 you started probably not knowing much, maybe a little bit, because you know you're actually going to school for that, right? So you're knowing stuff, but as you're doing it, I'm sure you're learning more and more, yep. and and you're taking, you know, you're cutting corners here, you're you're saving costs over here, you're adding a new creative over here to the point where now you have a, a a show that you were able to pitch i mean yeah you they were heartbreaking but you went from be getting an offer accepted or you know somebody actually saying yes this is something i want to yeah maybe it didn't work out but then you got another one done and then it actually turned into something and yeah you got okay maybe one season but that's the door you needed that's and just that, a little start right? that has led to you know, now I've done 50 plus TV shows. Obviously, Chopped is the big show, the Chopped franchise, 10 uh, plus 
a whole different series. Chop Junior, Chop Canada, Chop South Africa, Chopped All Stars. Chris, um, he has is a recurring character now on Young Sheldon. He's been in all kinds of movies. Uh, he's in the Netflix uh, horror series, The Babysitter. He's amazing. You guys got to check out Netflix, The Babysitter, and The Babysitter Two. Uh, among those uh, stars is my little brother, Chris Wilde. And and he and I laugh all the time because it all started at American University in that studio. And if that doesn't prove, I mean, we're just, you know, morons from New Jersey. <laughs> and as I say, not, not even the good parts of New Jersey. You know, we were from like Nowheresville, New Jersey, on the edge of Jersey and Pennsylvania, right by the Delaware River. We're just kids from Jersey growing up in Belvedere. And then, you know, we got good enough grades to get scholarships to go to a, a, a fine institution. <laughs> and then we did the best we can, we could with what, what was given to us there, which was that studio. And yeah, that's all, all of my career, all of his career, it all started in that television studio. So well, you're telling me there's a chance. That's right. There is a chance. There is a chance, but let's talk about the time frame here, right? No, I feel every day. That's how I feel every day. <laughs> Networks turn me down. And Cleve, who I work with, I work with this amazing woman, Cleve Keller. We create shows and pitch shows. And every day they turn us down. Every, all of our shows get turned down. And I'm like, how good do we have to be, people? But they, <laughs> they turn us down again and again and again. And all I'm trying to do is figure out, okay, but when you say no, how, maybe you mean yes. How do you mean yes? And Cleve laughs all the time. That's how I feel. So you're telling me there's a chance, though. And they're like, no, there's no chance. Like, Maybe there's a chance. Maybe. Come on. There's always a chance, though. No exactly. just means, you know, they, maybe they don't know enough. K-N-W-O, right? Maybe it's not the N-O. It's just the K-N-W-O. They don't know enough about what you're doing. You know, I tell this to, to students all the time. When they have an idea, they go home, they tell mom and dad. Mom and dad tell them, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard of. Don't do that. What are they? Why are they doing that? They're trying to protect you. They don't see exactly. the vision yeah. that you see. They don't know what you know or, or can see where you want to go. So let's let's talk about the the time frame a little bit. I wanted to ask you about that because you know when when you have success and you look back, it almost feels like it was overnight for a lot of people who are on the outside looking <laughs> yes. in, right? Yeah. So so tell me about the grind and the time. You know, I want to know some more about these times where you hear no and how long between that. You, you I mean, between those two, between getting accepted at MTV and then crashing and then going to Comedy Central, that was two years. What about the next show or the next big tip that you ended up going into? One of the things I say to people when I talk to them, especially uh, you know people in college or, or people coming up in, in any form of show business, but any sales, is you can't see a no as a no, the way we've been trained as kids, right? When people... When, when, you know, when you want to go to Disney World and your mom says no, that's disappointment. So that teaches you disappointment when you want the cookie. No, you can't have the cookie. Disappointment. So we learn no, a pass is a, is a, is a failure. It's disappointment. But in business, no, not that. Stop that. Stop it. That cannot be how you think. And I don't care if you're selling TV shows or or, or if you're trying to build a podcast or, or if you're selling boxes or if you're an architect, whatever you're selling, you can't think of a no as something that's a disappointment. It's actually positive. It's actually a step literally towards the yes. Early, early, early on, we did all the research we could. And there's a, a book by Brandon Tartikoff who ran NBC at its height 
you know, the, the highest point of NBC where they're making billions of dollars. And he used to say, even the best television show, you have to pitch 30 times because the other 29 times, the person's not in the right mind frame. They didn't have enough coffee that day. You know, they don't like you for some reason. They don't like your tie. They don't like your glasses. They don't like your hair. You remind them of somebody they hate. They don't like the way you pitch. They don't like your story. So you have to pitch 30 times and that's just real. And so again, so right away I was like, okay, so those 29 no's, they're not no's, they're just 29 steps towards that 30th yes. You have to get the 29. But then we even took it further. And um, what we realized is for every deal that you get, so in television, you get a deal and then maybe you get a development deal and then maybe you get a pilot. For every deal, only one out of four leads to an actual series on television. So that's 30 times four, right? So if you want to show on TV, that means you have to pitch really, really well. You can't pitch a, anything crappy 120 times, right? But then you have to go further because what you really want is a hit show. And that's, so then we, we talked to everybody, producers, executives, and we said of every show that makes it on air, what, what's a real hit? How many do you need? And, they, and the answer, the average answer was eight. So we did the math and we're like 30 times four times eight. I can't remember the number right now, but it's in the 900s. It's high. It's like 960 or 940 or whatever. And it and we put it on the board and we were like, that's how many no's we need. That's how many, wow. not one, not 10, not 20. We need those no's. You need them. You got to get the pass. You got to mm -hmm. get the fails. Fail, fail, fail. I need the fail. I need the fail. The fail gets you to number 960 and chopped like so people will say what what pitch was was chopped and chopped was in the 800s we counted all the pitches we did and chopped which was our big you know first franchise hit uh was around pitch 870 880 so the numbers worked and you gotta wow. you just have to think of it as those are just steps these no's you know let them say no because every quality no like when my mom says she doesn't like a show, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts. That's pain. But the quality knows. The the we got a pass today from Disney Plus. We got a pass yesterday. We I think we got three passes yesterday from Fox and and Food Network and Discovery or whatever. But a couple of days ago we got we got a yes. I can't say from who, but we we got a big giant hour long glorious pilot that's going to be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and and all of those no's quality no's lead to that yes you got to wait for them love mm. the no's love them well what what makes a quality pitch i mean mm. it, okay going through the no's is one thing right but going through the no's with the shitty pitch i mean that you're just going to go through more no's exactly. so you want to work out the pitch that actually works out what what is it that makes your content or makes your pitch that level that you can get a, a comfortable no. I mean, I don't think there's ever a, a really comfortable no, but at least to the point where you're, you know that you have something and maybe you're tweaking a thing or two. I would say there's two big things. One is you have to do the research. I, I, was, in a, I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago and they asked me, how much research do you, you, you and Cleve really do? And I, I was saying, well, does that include, like I read all these business books or media books, which I have over here, um, or like every day I'll read Deadline and Variety and Hollywood Reporter. Um, and the answer is yes, right? That it's it's all I'm doing is re doing well. And you need to know what they've been pitched recently and what are they turning down and, and what are they interested in? What do they want? 
Same thing about all these networks, Netflix, Food Network, HGTV, whoever you're pitching, you need to know everything. And then you're looking through your shows and you're, you're, when you're creating, when Cleve and I are creating back and forth, we just have these endless lists. I'm looking up at my uh, cork board here with all of these show ideas that, you know, honestly, we'll never see the light of day, right? Box of Crazy, Secrets and Stars, Celebrity BFF, all of these things that I love, they're probably going to get passed on no matter how many times I pitch them. And I just have to be ready for that. But what you do then is take all that research and then pick that show that you think this is the perfect show on the, on the perfect day. And what you're really looking for is a great title. Uh, we love great titles. I mean, Chopped is one of the best titles we've ever come up with. It's a miracle, um, a great title. And then an aha moment. A moment where in the pitch where they're like, oh, shoot, I would have never thought I have a whole team here. You know, when you're pitching the Food Network, they have a whole team, a development team, right? They take pitches left and right and they develop on their own. So you need an idea that's so good that they've never heard before, that they've never even thought of before, where they're like, oh, shoot. We have a saying, which is we need the pitch to be so good. They'll even work with us. <laughs> that's a great saying but you okay so you have all these ideas you have all these yeah. creatives ready to go uh, are you using social at all to kind of test these theories out like if you're oh. going to a per, towards a particular demographic to even see if it has any flavor maybe add some metrics to your pitch we're we're not doing that what we do do is we're on tiktok constantly on instagram tiktok instagram linkedin facebook constantly between the two of us um, and Snapchat, we're like, we're and, and just watching TV, we're watching all these things. We do have our first um podcast that's out right now, it's a game show podcast because we're we're our thought was like something like Wheel of Fortune, right? You need to see that, so that could never be a podcast, but something like Jeopardy, you don't need to see that. That's that's all audio, really, with bells and whistles, but you could just hear that show. And often a great, great game show, um, you can hear from, a, you can just put it on and be across the room, you're cooking, you're, you're doing something, you know, you're on your phone, but you hear it like Family Feud. That's a, it's an amazing television show. You could just hear that show. That could be a podcast. So what we wanted to do is create a podcast that was as good as Family Feud or Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune, but that you could totally listen. So it's called Factorious and it's hosted by the insanely talented Matt Eisman, who's the host of American Ninja Warrior on NBC. Oh, yeah. Um, so he hosts Factorious, and it's a game show. And as I say, that we're up to 50 episodes. Um, uh, you uh, Three contestants come on, and they can win up to $1,000, and we've given away tons of money, and it's, it's so much fun. But we don't look at that as just a podcast. One of the things that uh, we learned from Barry Diller is a titan of industries, a multi, multi-billionaire. And Cleve and I worked with Barry Diller from 2009 to 2012, 13. And um, every smart thing, I, I like to say, of the 20 smartest things I've ever, ever heard in television, he said 18 of them during those <laughs> years. Like, that's how smart that guy is. And um, what he taught us is, is in television, you have to think 
bigger than you've ever, ever in your life because the world of television is so huge that you could create a show literally that could be on the air all around the world after you die. Mm -hmm. So there was one famous to us at least meeting where we brought in this show and we were so happy. It was a $6 million deal and they were going right to series, no development deal, no pilot right to series. And he called, he, so I did the pitch. I was so proud. I dressed up that day. I went to the conference room. You guys would have been like, whoa, you look amazing. <laughs> I was ready. I had the thing with the presentation. I had it all. I had rehearsed it like a doofus, the whole thing. And I, I did the whole presentation. And he said, um, he said, wait, why are we doing this again? And I laughed because I'm an idiot, right? So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. No, come on. Because it's $6 million right away. And, da, 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 da. and aren't we great? And he slid the whole presentation across the table and it had a gold binder clip, which, which is ridiculous anyway. But, and I remember the binder clip sliding across that table and he said, it's an effing lemonade stand. And Ooh. I was like, what? This show that Cleve and I, we got the whole, and he was like, and he broke, and he didn't say effing by the way. He he said the word. <laughs> uh, and in that moment he broke down the the he's like i know this network i know the talent you, your best bet is three seasons i'm going to give you the most amount of money you would possibly make in those three seasons and it was say five million dollars and he was like i don't i don't want five million dollars i you know he makes five million dollars in the elevator on the way up to the meeting so so now everything we think, every show, so go back to Factorious, we're thinking franchise, every single show. Um, at one point we had written on the wall there in that IAC building, Diller's IAC building um, uh, on the west side of New York, we had written on the wall, um, pitch no show, no show, unless you see a clear, obvious, concise path to over $100 million globally. We're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. <laughs> that's the point, right? A hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. TV's so big, right? And so much money can be made around the world. Factorious, my dream is there's, you know, a Factorious television show. And then there's Celebrity Factorious in primetime. And then there's Factorious Kids on, on the Universal Kids Network. And then there's Factorious Italy and Factorious France, and Factorious Australia, that's my clear path. I can see that. I, I don't understand why everyone can't. <laughs> it's such well, a good show. Anyway. Now, now, that, now that you're talking about TV being that global sense, and I know, for example, my kids don't watch TV at all. They're yeah, on yeah, YouTube, yeah. they're on oh Netflix, they're on Disney+. Plus. 100%. So have you has your pitch kind of shifted in the last decade or so when when kind of we moved into the streaming stage especially now post covid where everything is pretty much streamed has your has your approach shifted I would say the approach hasn't shifted so much as the buyers have shifted um there was a point early on for us where all of a sudden all these cable networks started popping up like random the spike network and the, the gq network like whatever it's just like every day there's a new network but we used to joke because you know there's only so much money so we were like no matter what there's 40 buyers like i don't care what and it was 
And that was pretty true. Like buyers would come and then they would go and you'd realize, oh, so uh, we call them zombie networks. Oh, they don't have money anymore. So don't even pitch them. Um, buyers. Would, and so so now, you know, like Disney Plus, uh, I would kill to have a show on Disney Plus. We're still pitching them. Shows have kind of changed for Disney Plus. We're pitching very, very, you know, bespoke, uh, trying to u- utilize their IP and create the absolute perfect show for them. Um, but, but, it, but, you know, nailed it on Netflix is a show. It's not our show, sadly, but it could have been right. And that's what, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and we just watch everything and love everything. And, you know, I wish we had nailed it. I wish we had done uh floor is lava. I love, there's so many shows. Holy moly. There's so many shows we watch and go, ah, oh, we had that idea. We were so close. Um, and that's really the gig is, is no matter who the buyer is, whether the buyer's Netflix or Disney Plus or Food Network or HGTV or Snapchat or whoever, um, you're trying to create that perfect aha thing where they fall, that that person you're pitching falls in love with it. And then they walk down the hall and go, oh my God, I just got the best pitch. Dave and Cle- Cleveland Dave came in and they blew my mind. Here's the pitch. And it's one line or two lines. That's it. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. And then that person walks down the hall and says, did you hear the new pitch that Charlie got? Uh, these two wackos pitched this show. And that's the goal. That's the goal. Because those are the shows, to take it back to business, those are the shows, the hooks, the ideas are so good and so unique that not only can they talk about it at the creative side, but they can also talk about it to the marketing team or the sales team. And the hook is so good. The other thing is like, you need a hook so good that the sales team can talk to the advertisers. And like, it was so funny. I used to work at VH1 and I knew the whole sales team really well. Um, and they would just laugh and be like, the only thing these advertisers understand are Christmas shows and countdown shows. Cause they get counting down and they know what Christmas is. Don't try to pitch <laughs> them anything else. There's, it's too complicated. So that's how crystal clear an idea has to be. And I would say again, no matter what you're pitching, whether you're a real estate agent or, or, or whether you're selling boxes or glassware or whatever, that's what you're trying to come up with is what makes you so unique? What makes what you're selling, your product, or you yourself? Like if you're a real estate agent, you're all selling houses. So what makes you so unique that people can remember you? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I honest to God, like your animated thing is amazing because that logo and the, the title business bros it's so unique and so different you get it right away these guys are two bros and you immediately because it's so well put together immediately without even looking you guys up i was like they clearly know what they're doing they clearly know business backwards and forwards look at look at how good this is they clearly know how to market that they already have they've done it all and that's you need an idea whether, as I say, whether for a show or if you're selling houses, you you need an idea, a hook, something that's so good that everyone can talk about it, even if they forget your name, right? If people mm-hmm. don't remember your names, it doesn't matter because they know the business bros. They know that logo. They know those characters. That's that's the identity, the brand identity that we're talking about there. 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> every time, every time. 
you you mentioned uh, there was a time when all these cable companies were popping up, and I remember that time. I went from turning the knob on my TV to all of a sudden having 99 channels and then yeah. going beyond that, right? That, that was kind of like the wild, wild west of TV, and I kind of feel like we're in that state right now when it comes uh-huh, to yes. podcast. Right? Yes, when it comes to yes, podcasting, yes. we're in the wild, wild west. There's networks out there. Some are good. Some are crap. Some are, you know, pitching the world and don't don't deliver whatever it is that they're pitching. What did you do to kind of filter through and identify the zombies like you call them? <laughs> you got you 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 do have it's hard, but it's a it's a lot of work. But you do have to know kind of and it's a lot of talking to people um, who really is buying. Right. Who's really doing it? Um, it's kind of, it, it, uh, again, you guys, I'm sure whether, when you're looking for new listeners, you're trying to find out, right. Whether it's, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or, or clubhouse, you're trying to figure out, well, where can I actually turn people over? Where can I do something? And that'll actually lead to more quality listeners. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very similar in television. You're doing the work, you're trying things. And, you know, and then eventually, you know, again, you just, you can't give up. There's so many, there's always doors open, you know, you can close. I close the door sometimes on my own. There have been times where I've said, I'm never talking to that network again. I don't believe in them. This is crazy. They're going to fail. It's over. And that is you closing the door, but don't ever let anybody close the door on you. That's the, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. All right, Dave, man, I mean, 30 minutes, whoo, that thing <laughs> just flew by. So much information, so much knowledge. Thank you very much for coming on the show. But before we go, uh, can you let people know how they can get a hold of you? I mean, what, what did, I, I didn't even ask you the general question when you come on the Business Bro Show, but what, what are you selling? How can, what, 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 what can people do to get a hold of you, talk to you, work with you? The best thing is LinkedIn. I'm connected to so many awesome people on LinkedIn. Um, it's just Dave Noll, D-A-V-E-N-O-L-L and connect with me there. You can also follow us on Instagram at Dave Noll TV. Um, and that's, you know, people ask all the time for advice. I do a bunch of public speaking, um, working on a book deal. I just, I need the fingers crossed the offer. Yes. Um, (laughs) but I'm doing, uh, I'm do, as I said in the very beginning, no matter what I'm writing it anyway, so I, you know, but you have to stop to write the book proposals. So Simon and Schuster can give you a bunch of money, I guess. But I'm no matter what, I'm like, I'm just gonna write it. They, you know, I'll, I'm gonna write it. They don't need to read it, but I'm gonna have it just in case. Um, but that's, you know, those are the places you can find me. Awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you very much. Ladies and gents, I mean, boom, 30 minutes is just scraping the surface. And it, the, the best thing I got out of today was don't give up push through the nose. The nose are there. They're, you can't hide from them. You can't run from them. As a matter of fact, you should just take them on head on. And Dave, you've celebrate exactly. Them. Yeah, celebrate them. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> it's another <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, We've that means I'm one again. step closer. I'm one step closer, one step closer every single day. And that's the reason why we come on the show every single day. Some shows, I'm telling you, we don't have the energy. Like we don't feel like doing it. But when that mic comes on, when we put the headphones on, you just get turned up. That's how it works. That's how you just continue to get better and better every single day. Push through the nose, push through those times that you don't want to do it. And believe me, at some point in the future, I know you're going to see more of the business bros, just like you're going to have chopped take off and become those major franchises. Dave, thank you very much for coming on the show again. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Ladies and gents, we'll see you guys. You know what? I forgot, man. 
is is today the day? Today's today the is day. SHIT. So <laughs> happy, happy it's it's Thursday. Thursday. We'll see you all later, guys. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.